So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you're visiting, there are sermon notes in the bulletin. We're coming back to a text of scripture that we've been studying, I know, for a while. Um, and as you see up on the screen, it's still the subject matter of liberty. Get my, we're, we're, we're dealing with... Um, we gotta get, I want to see these myself. Um, we are dealing with the subject matter of liberty and and we are dealing with the idea of the incredible position we have as believers in Jesus Christ. And because Jesus has died and paid it all, Jesus has paid the penalty, this concept of liberty is one that we need to really understand how to use it because, because Jesus has paid it all, we can't lose our salvation. We really understand that. And so as we come to our text today, we're coming back to verses 23 to 26, and it deals with being in public, being in the marketplace, okay? Let's read verses 23 to 26, 1 Corinthians 10, and it says, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own good, verse 24 says, but that of his neighbor, Eat anything that is sold in the meat marketplace. There's the idea of the public. Without asking questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord and all it contains. And what we're getting to is, we started studying this last week. We just looked at the very first verse, verse 23. Is that this is dealing with choices that we make in public. Things that we actions that we make where people watch us and people see us. Now, when we deal with liberty, you know, the idea is freedom gives us choices. And with the idea that you you have to recognize as a believer, there is an incredible sense of peace and understanding that the choices that you make aren't going to ever cause you to lose your salvation. If you're genuine, if you're truly born again, you will not lose your salvation. But the choices that you make are impacting other people. And we talk about the fact that with these choices, and there's so many of them, and the idea of like, which direction do I go? You, you recognize that ultimately what, what you have to know is the choices that you make impact other people. People are watching you. They're watching you all the time. And I like this quote, people will stare, make it worth their while. And as a as, as a person that interacts in society, we sometimes don't like the fact that people hold us accountable and, and, and they're always looking at us and judging us and stuff like that. But the reality of it is, is this is a responsibility that we all have because this is the way God made life. He made it so that people are part of our lives and people are watching us. Our children watch us. Our children impact look at our lives and how we live and they and they 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 comment on us and we want to be people that are impacting them in a positive way and we want to impact our our spouses we want to impact our neighbors and the reason i showed you guys that video earlier and the reason i wanted to show it more than a palm sunday video is because i wanted to tie it in to the reality is like sometimes we talk about these choices of always being negative in a sense, things are going to always end up bad. But if you make good action choices, look, you don't know how many people, in a domino effect, you are going to bring about their salvation. 
And that's what we want to do. We want to make good choices. And the, the Apostle Paul is working through this <coughs> because he knows that people have liberty and they can abuse it. And they can use it in a way that makes it very, 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 very self-centered and self-oriented. And when you do that, you're going to hurt people. You are going to hurt people. Now, people sometimes could misperceive things, and, and sometimes we have to learn that when we think we see something, we need to ask someone. I, I was thinking this week, like, <coughs> perhaps you could see, you know, um, there's been times since I've been a believer where I have had to go maybe into a bar, and somebody could have seen me going into a bar. Most of the times I could think of those situations, sometimes we knew somebody was getting drunk or somebody was doing something improper and going in there to, to talk to someone. So I recognize when people watch and they're looking at you, they've got to sometimes understand that, you know, if, if they're concerned or there's a question, they need to go up and ask you questions. And sometimes people could perceive things and they, and they got them wrong. I was thinking what a great illustration for me is the fact that um, last night I, I started, I was watching um, TV and being a sports guy, <coughs> I started seeing these things on Twitter and, and then coming across the bottom of, the, of the, the, the channel about these players for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I know you guys aren't sports oriented, but these guys for the Philadelphia 76ers were caught in the middle of a game, with, well, end of a game, six minutes, looking at their cell phone. And, the, and they were just being criticized and, and, and ripped apart for looking at their cell phone. And, and when the one guy tried to explain away, hey, he just told me to look at his phone. Just so you guys know, NBA players can be fined. Teams will find their players for looking at a cell phone in the middle of a game. You know, I, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, even Sports Center at night, midnight, ran a thing and how critical they were of these guys. Well, this morning I found out that the one reason the guy was looking at his cell phone with six minutes to go in the game was because his daughter was very ill. And, right, he probably shouldn't have been doing it, but it wasn't like, hey, I'm checking out the Masters Golf or I'm checking out, you know, a cute little YouTube video. There was a reason, a rhyme and a reason. And that, things like that happen, and I get that. But at the same time, if I'm making choices of drinking or maybe going to some type of establishment that is totally improper and I'm acting in a certain way and I'm being rude to my wife and I'm not being godly, people are watching. And what I want us to understand is these claims that we have is when we make choices, choices I made prior to becoming saved, they, they didn't save me, all right? And, and these choices, once I'm saved, okay, only reveal if I'm saved. And if I'm continually making choices that are negative and bad and not in a godly way, then the book of 1 John tells me that if I evaluate my life, I might have to go back to the point of saying, I'm really not born again. You know, we recognize Ephesians 2, 8, 9, by grace we're saved, you know, uh, uh, it's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not a result of works, that's no one um, should boast, right? So I get that, and so I want you to understand as we're going through this, so I want you to recognize as a believer, I'm hoping these guidelines that we're going to go through today are going to encourage you regarding the choices you're making. So the context, remember, is food sacrifice to idols, and what we had was that 
in the first part is that, right, um, from verse 14 down to verse 22, was there are some religious ceremonies you are prohibited from going to. You should not go to a false um, service. Um, you should not go to a false Christian service and participate in their communion. You shouldn't, you shouldn't take any type of animal sacrifices that are part of a, a pagan service. And we said, boy, we recognize not everyone is going to a pagan service, at least here in America, but it is happening over the world. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast because we talked about the fact, amazingly, animal sacrifices are happening around the world. Not so much here. They do happen in America, but not so much here. So we come to verse 23, and we said this first principle, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. And we said that the, this is a very hard expression. A lot of people get str- struggle over it, but we made it simple for you. What does the all things refer to? The all things refers to all things in the law. All things are lawful. The Old Testament law is gone. And, and I want you guys to think about that on a regular basis. 613 commandments. When Paul says all things are lawful, and he used this in chapter 6, he's trying to say the law is gone. And people could say, oh my goodness, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. That's the essence. But we said as we went through this, and I just want to jump down to it, there, this idea is there are limits. There are limits, okay? Because even 1 Corinthians 10 said false worship is not allowed. You, you can't participate in that. And then we have other passages like in Ephesians chapter 4, like lying and stealing. Those things aren't allowed. So we understand all things are lawful, but not think all things are profitable. Not all things are going to be things that we should be doing. And so hopefully you're, you've caught that and you've thought that through. Well, that's review. And here we go now to the second thing. And what we want to see in verse 24 is seek not your own good. I got to tell you, this is challenging. This has got to grip you. Look at verse 24. It says, let no one seek his own good, but that his neighbor. What is this simple principle, okay? What is, this is just basically something that can be really confusing. Like, what am I supposed to do? When I got up this morning, I was hungry. I wanted breakfast. I w- didn't go make breakfast for else i didn't like anyone in this room i didn't make any breakfast for i didn't make any breakfast for anybody else in my house somebody could say hey what are you doing seeking your own well what this is trying to get at is trying to understand that whenever i make a choice i do have to think of other people and i have to put that into my agenda focus and so we're going to work through this but this is a pretty straightforward instruction the idea is that you need to be concerned about other people's needs and when you're aware of them you're not to ignore them okay so that you take other people into consideration all right and and you can nod your head you can say oh yeah pastor i get this i'm not i'm not supposed to seek just my own agenda how does this really play out well i think there's a sense like there's preference okay there's idea of how I've got to take into consideration other people. Now, let me tell you, it, when I tell my kids something over and over and over, I tell them because it's important, and I want them to know this is important. I don't know how well you, you if we read this, did you guys all recognize this is one of the most important lines in the Bible? 
that this is something that God repeats over and over and over. And I just want to take you through a couple passages. These key passages, first turn to, first, to Romans chapter 15. Turn to Romans 15. In the book of Romans, get this. Okay. Romans chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. This is a passage we should maybe pick up a couple more times of chapters 14 and 15 because it deals with a lot of choices and it does deal with a similar concept, food sacrifice to idols and what you should be eating and not eating. All right, and There's probably one of the greatest sections of Scripture dealing with choices you have, and we haven't dealt with it. But if I would take you to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, let me pick you up in the context because the Apostle Paul didn't have chapters and really... Um, Um, to verse 21 of chapter 14 he says it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles all right because sometimes people see you they watch you and 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 they could be influenced in a bad way so somebody goes out and they and they think i can just i'm allowed to drink and and i know there's a lot of people more and more christians are saying i i feel free to maybe take a beer every once in a while or take a glass of wine are you allowed to do that absolutely you are but some of you have got to recognize how your children perceive it and how your children impact it or other people see it and that's that's the idea so the balance at least is in public you've got to be discerning i mean i know of that that when you're in public people see it and we're dealing with today and day like with facebook and people put their pictures on facebook and and it's just amazing when i see Certain people always around alcohol, always around alcohol, and it leaves an impression. So that's just a thought. So look, verse 21, it is, it is of chapter 14, it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, but his eating is not from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. And so here we go. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. The weak people are the people who say, oh, no, 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 no. You should never drink any alcohol because if you drink any alcohol or you smoke a cigarette or do anything like that, that's horrible. Well, the reality of it is, is, you know, that there, there's no prescription. There's no Bible verses. Drinking one drink sends you into condemnation. It doesn't do that. Or smoking one cigarette or one cigar or, or maybe... I hate to say this, even placing a gambling bet doesn't put you into some kind of judgment, all right? But the weak brother thinks it does. So as we're dealing with being in the marketplace in public, there are certain things that maybe you can do. Say, well, I'm going to take a drink or I'm going to do, you know, take a smoke, but I'm not going to do it in public. I'm not going to let other people see it. And you say, well, that's just not fair that I can't always do it in public. Guess what? That's, the, that's what God is telling us. Life isn't always fair. Life doesn't have fairness with it. So the strong people who are the people who say these certain practices aren't going to impact my salvation because they understand the complete picture are people who are capitulating and understanding that we need to defer to others. So let's pick this up. Verse 2. Each of us is the pleased neighbor for his good to his edification, his building up. That's what we saw as the first principle. For even Christ did not please himself, but it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 
So the idea of verse one, don't seek your own, you see, please others, other people. And, and this is what I see, and I will talk about it here more in a second. But people sometimes say, listen, I want my way. I want my own way. I want my own agenda. And, 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 and the reality of it is, is, yeah, you've got your freedom. But God wants you to be thinking how you impact other people. You are going to be held accountable. And, and you know, if somebody says, hey, it doesn't matter how I live, you're wrong. How you may not like living in a bubble, you might not look like people looking at you, but the reality of it is, is they are. They are watching you, and you are going to be held accountable for how you live. So let's look at the second passage, and it's interesting that this here, remember, all of these is, are picking up on this concept of think of others, all right? It's almost a verbatim line of seek not your own. So 1 Corinthians 13 is the great passage on love, and 15 verbal adjectives describe love. It's one of the best description. It's the greatest description in all of Scripture. And 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, you, you come across the line. It says, love doesn't act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. And it's so easy to lose that. But remember, the Apostle Paul is telling us this in chapter 10, now in chapter 13, Romans chapter 15, and the idea here is, you know, I've got to think of other people. I've got to think about them regarding my agenda. What do I want to do, okay? And, you know, whether it's, hey, you know, this is, you know, I come home and I've got this project and I want to do my project, but sometimes my kids want me to spend time with them, and so I got to set my agenda aside. This is the idea here, let alone preferences on things that sometimes are in gray areas. Should I drink? Should I smoke? Should I dance? Should I play cards? Those are all things that all come into this uh, concept. And when I've told you before, and we'll go into our study in a couple weeks, about how important love is, you better understand this is at the heart of it. Well, let me take you to one more passage, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. So again, remember the concept you know, a parent repeats something that's really important over and over and over. God, I believe, is repeating this over and over and over so that we grasp how important it is to have a mindset, a mindset when we're considering, or we're considering other people. So Philippians chapter 2, it's interesting when you talk about the very context of this, the Apostle Paul says, look, in verse 2, ver, um, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he says, do, not, do nothing from, selfish or, do, from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. So the idea is that you're considering, you're thinking of other people. You're, you're, you're aware of what they're going through. And, and so, you're, you, know, like, you know, simple illustration, okay, thinking of other people, you don't look out for just merely your own interests. I get up this morning, you know, it's just, you know, make this simple. If I wake up and I consume all the cereal in the house and all the milk in the house, and I don't think about anyone's, you know, there's a line crossed, right? Because, it, you know, right, maybe I don't get up and think about making breakfast for everybody in the house, but I also think about the resources in the house, okay? Gosh, I got this flashback. I was about 12 years old, and I was staying over at my best friend's house. 
And we stayed and we watched these stupid B movies all night. I'll never forget. And and we were and he and uh, he, my friend John he gives me Lucky Charm cereal. Remember Lucky Charm cereal? Some of you guys still eat. And I ate every one of the little Lucky Charms out of the whole box of cereal. And when and when my friend John's brother got up, Paul. And he goes and he pours out the cereal. And there were no Lucky Charms left in the cereal. He wasn't godly. He went ballistic. He chased me out of the house. We're talking like to hurt and to kill. And, and that is one of the most traumatic memories I've ever had in, as, as a youth. So there you go. That's the first time I ever brought that up. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Look, at, this is what I see. Okay, how do you know if you're seeking your own? All right? I want to give you three principles. Like, okay, we, we work through this. Like, what are we really talking about? How does this come flesh itself out? Number one, you explicitly disobey God's commands. I, I, I have the notes in my, um, in my notes, the verses. But in 1 John, um, the idea of, in 1 John, um, the idea is, 1 John 2, 3 to 6, that believers obey God's commands. You know, what I see people doing over and over and over is sometimes in situations, there, there will be things like, okay, I'll have a drink if I want. I'll have a drink if I want. And I'll get drunk if I want. So it's like all of a sudden they go past what is allowed into something that's disobedient. I don't, I don't, I don't care if I break God's commandments. And this is what I see when people get involved in sexual sins. They get involved in, in, in types of stealing or they get in types of where they hurt people, where they cross a line. And so ask yourself, you know, am I making decisions where I know God's word and I don't care what it says? And that's, I tell you over and over and over, when I hear that someone tells me I don't care what God's word says, man, it's a scary situation, especially, especially when they're believers. Second, I'm gonna tell you an easy way to recognize someone is seeking their own is that they're acting out of bitterness they're acting out of the fact that that they won't forgive someone the book of hebrews chapter 13 um i tell you i have been dealing with more and more people family issues interpersonal issues where people are just bitter and people have gone where i think we might call it crazy but i'm telling you that the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, says, be at peace with all men. Let, but, you know, and, and don't forsake the grace of God so that a root of bitterness doesn't spring up. What I have seen over and over and over is when I see someone and I think, oh my goodness, they're nuts, they're crazy, what I'm finding out over and over is they won't forgive. There's something that has happened in the past and they just won't forgive I, I talked to a man out of state this week, and I asked him, his marriage, I got a phone call that he was going to get divorced, and, and, and I, I said to him, I said, you know, the, the issue is, you know, you've got one of the most horrific marriages I've ever seen. I mean, just blunt, I, you know, your marriage, I, I couldn't stand being in your house. It is absolutely toxic. You can't believe the swearing, the bitterness, the, everything that goes on. And I said, you, both of you, you live in a situation where you just don't forgive one another. And, and I don't see this pattern of forgiveness, and I've challenged you, and this person professed to be a believer, and, and they don't go to church, and they justify it. And they, you, know, you know what they brought up? 
They said, well, you know that 20 years ago I went to church, and I was going to this church, and the pastor was there, and, and I was going through a tough time, and I wasn't coming to church all the time, and he came up to me, and he, he said, you need to be in church, and he gave me, and I said, well, I think I'm going to look around, and I'm going to maybe find a different church, and he says, no, that's the problem with all you people. You, you, you're, you're just always, like, shopping for churches, and you're always looking for another church, and, and he reamed the guy... My friend said he reamed me and he ripped into me. And, and then in the middle of his, our conversation, his wife said, hey, honey, you've got to go. You know, you've got that appointment. Well, his appointment was that he was leaving on a plane for South Carolina. And that, that, that very week, he, the pastor accepted a new position and went to North Car- South Carolina. And my friend said, how dare this guy? How dare this pastor do this to me? Make me feel horrible. And then all of a sudden all of a sudden turn around and with the very same week he goes i want nothing to do with that church i want nothing to do with christianity well listen to me i said to him i said listen you got to understand the reality of the matter is the matter is is that people will let you down all the time and and i i've been a christian for 30 some years and every once in a while people that you trust people that you hope that are going to be faithful they don't come through for you you got to let it go you got to give you know, be at peace with all men, as Hebrews 13 talks about. you got to have grace. And I, I see this. I see this with people who are getting divorced. I see this with people who, who are, have interpersonal skills. They won't forgive. Challenge yourself. If, if you know, I'm going to seek my own interest. No, we need to be people who sometimes show forbearance and forgiveness. Third, you need to understand that you don't, it, it, that it, you, you, if you're making a decision and you don't factor in the impact of your decision on any other person, you know, um, listen, you know, um, whether it's simple, like, you know, my wife makes dinner and all of a sudden I get tickets to the ball game and I'm going to, you know, I knew that it was a special dinner. We had a special date and I think, oh my goodness, I'm just, I'm going to go to the ball game. You know, sometimes I get free tickets to the ball game, and I've got to say, no, I already made these arrangements. I already made these plans with my wife. Now, again, there are situations where I can call up, and she would say, no big deal, go to the game. But it, I'm talking like, like it was a special situation. Or let alone, you know, areas of service in the church. You know, we, we talk about the fact that, that we, people always are coming up with reasons why they can't serve, why they can't do something. All right? So this is so broad in all of this. All of this makes, you know, all of this makes for us to challenge ourselves. And so you need to look at this. This really comes down to the passage that we're looking at in 1 Corinthians 10. Other people are watching. Other people are watching. And sometimes the very same decision, I like this, this next, next slide, is sometimes, the, you know, I, I can go to a ball game and it's perfectly fine. And other times it's not. Sometimes it's okay to take a drink. Sometimes it's not. You know, who's what's what what's going on these are things that you've got to factor in and if you don't then you have to recognize you will be held accountable and and you are going to impact people let me tell you coming back to that story about the pastor who challenged the person and and reamed them out for not going to church their their specific church and then leaves within a week i truly believe yes that pastor is going to be held accountable that pastor crossed the line. It was totally inappropriate. You don't do something like that. You, you, you know, you, you don't. But at the same time, like I go back, the other guy needs to forgive. 
And, and, and you know, then you take this through marriage situations and you take this in you know, dealing with children and, and, and dealing with raising people and then dealing with people in a church. Let's be people that always think about what others are, 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 are seeing. All right, so let me say, take this. So now we come to the third principle, all right? So go back to 1 Corinthians 10. And this third principle, okay, this third principle... Where are we in all of this? Okay, oh, I know, okay. This third principle is not only do we seek not our own good, not only do we work to build people up, but we make choices with discretion. And this one is interesting. This is like, when you study this, this is like the big curveball. You know what a curveball is in baseball? You think something's coming right at you, and then it moves away from you, all right? The idea now is that you would think, oh my goodness, all my choices are just supposed to be limited, and I can't do anything as a Christian. But then he throws us this curveball. And he says in verse 25, eat anything that is sold in the meat market without asking questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. And the idea is we can use discretion. And what do you mean by that? Well, let's look at this. What he's basically saying is, surprise, don't ask questions. The idea here is go ahead, go into the meat marketplace, go in society, and sometimes you, you, you can do things without having full information. Now, obviously, dealing with food, sacrifice to idols, you know, that becomes the primary focus here, all right? I love this picture. This is from a, I think it was a, a show where somebody just put a blindfold on and, and they were to go out and Pick things off the rack. You can understand, okay, how does this apply um, to this passage? Well, this passage is more this. Eat blind, all right? And <coughs> you don't know whether the food was sacrificed to idols or not. Well, why does it matter? Well, the, the quote there, for the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, is the very idea that food in and of itself, whether it gets used in a sacrifice or not, is not really inherently changed, let alone... Okay, the alcohol, the smoking, the, you know, cards from a card deck, you know, however you start to look at certain things, you've got to understand, we can't start thinking just because they get used in an improper way in one setting makes them improper in another, because that's what Psalm 24 is getting at. So this is what kind of blows you away, because what it does is if I... If I could go into a situation and, and I can do it where I'm just going out of ignorance, okay, um, then this is what happens. People are in the dark about your choices. And, and without knowing the information, I, my children, this is a bunch of kids eating with blindfolds on. Um, this is um, your friends are all around you and they've got blindfolds. They don't really understand because you're not telling them the information because you don't know because you don't know you don't tell them and this is ironic i just i took this off of a, 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 a <coughs> website and i got the credit on the notes below but it's um this was a wedding a blind woman got married and she wanted all her friends in attendance to sit in her wedding blindfolded i thought that was interesting but my point is is that your friends don't know because if you don't have the information to give them you know then 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 they're in the dark. So, hey, I took a drink, and my friends, I don't tell my friends that I told them. So, that, that, so they don't know, so they don't have to judge. So they're in the dark about my actions. The same thing with my kids. I mean, sometimes I make choices. I don't want my kids to know. 
all right? And then my coworkers, and then this is a picture from a, a local church that, uh, uh, that your fellow believers are in the dark. You, you, don't, you don't necessarily display everything that you do. And I think, you, you know, you'd say, well, I'm doing this, and everybody, you know, I feel bad about doing it. Well, if you feel bad about it, go back to that passage we read in Romans 14, Romans 15. You know, if you don't have faith to do something, don't do it. But if you feel comfortable, go ahead and make some of these gray area choices and do it, but do it in secret, knowing that you're not to impact other people and feel absolutely free about it because the the choices you make aren't going to lose your salvation. And then just understand, you know, some of these things as we deal with the principles, God made them both. So this is a fresco from a Roman sacrifice, okay? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, our Greek sacrifice. And they're killing a cow. Well, the same cow could be taken and made into a hamburger at your local hamburger joint. Okay, I hope I'm not offending anybody with the meat there. But the idea is, you know, it's, it's fascinating how God gives us these principles. And that's what I want you guys to operate on, you know. Think about your choices. Are you going to build somebody up? Are you not going to seek your own? Are you going to be people that, that think, about, um, think about others and, and you're going to use discretion? So here we go. This is what I want you to do. Run wisely. Live this Christian life with great joy. Have it be a blessing. You know, have it be something that's absolutely a great freedom that we have freedom is just like wow it's not whether i do this or do that that keeps my salvation god has allowed me to enjoy this incredible world i don't want us to be these stuffy old christians how dare you ever play cards how dare you ever dance however you do this however you know how dare you ever take a drink oh my goodness how dare you how dare you how dare you but i realize sometimes people are full of the how dare you's I recognize that, okay? So we, we want to have some discernment, and we want to use some discretion. But let's, let's just have an overwhelming sense of joy. My goodness, we're Christians. We're saved by Jesus Christ. We're going to heaven, and it's all because of him. And, and what I do today is not going to change whether I'm going to heaven or not if I've placed my faith in Christ. And, and when you are truly born again, you have that confidence, and you should have that joy too. That's what I hope for all of you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the joy that we have in Christ. I'm surely hoping everyone here has it. If they don't, Lord, if they're living for you, uh, if they're not living for you, if they're living for themselves, make that evident. Because, God, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the confidence that we have in you, it's so wonderful. It is so joyous. How I want everyone to have that. And Lord, there could be people here that don't have it. And, and, and they think that Christianity is just a bunch of list of do's and don'ts. Oh, Father, forgive us if we would ever continue to present Christianity in that way. Let somebody know that if they're, if they're convicted of their sin and they feel that judgment, guilt is evidence that they need to turn to you that they've done something wrong, and we have offended you, and we are destined for judgment because of the fact that that sin is to be punished with an eternal damnation. It's incredible when we recognize the reality of it. But at the same time, let them realize when Jesus came to Jerusalem, he came to announce himself as the king, and a king that eventually would become the sacrifice to pay the penalty for their sins. 
Let them embrace that, God. And for all of us who are believers, let us continue to embrace it, to have great joy over that reality. But then to realize that we don't live on an island. We don't live by ourselves. People are watching from our children to our spouses to our neighbors to our fellow church members. We may not like it, but this is the way you've organized life. We're all not given one island to live isolated lives. And so what we choose, I pray that we choose wisely. In Jesus' name.